Thank you, Will. Thank you. I've not been over here since you finished the renovation. This place looks awesome. It has an intimate feel to it, don't you think? It's, I love it. That shelf is missing. I, like I just want to always throw something up there. But, uh, uh, but I praise God for, uh, Joey, thank you for letting me come today and fill in. I know a lot of you, most of you, but if we haven't met, again, I'm Kevin Anderson, and um, uh, I have been serving at Parker for 11 years. Hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, I'm the youth and worship pastor at the Anniston campus, and uh, I love Jesus. That's not something I've always said. I wasn't born talking that way. Uh, got out of the military. I was in the Navy uh, when uh, I was 25 years old when I got out, and God just kept putting people in my path, mom and dad praying for me, and uh, here they come. When I get rock bottom and, you know, I'm just not happy and alive, here comes somebody else talking to me about Jesus. And so I, I praise God for that, though. You know, you, you, you always miss the time lapse of what happens, people praying for you. Uh, and all you ever sometimes talk about is the day. But we don't know what went on before, you know what I'm saying? We don't know what all took place. There are people praying for you right now that you don't even know their name. And that's all the work going into, into ministry. That's what ministry is, and that's what commitment is all about. And I want to talk about that today, confident and committed. And I don't think this sermon's going to be 15 minutes, 20 minutes long, because God, I think, wants to say it and get out. You know what I'm saying? So if you got something in the crock pot, it's going to be all right. I got a feeling. What time are we going to meet, though? That's all in question. So I want to start with a scripture. Uh, this is in Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. And uh, you probably heard this before. I don't know if I emailed that to you or not, Nathan. I may not have. Okay. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else. What's the next word? Guard. Who said? Woo, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Renee. Guard your heart. Mm. For everything, everybody say everything. Mm. Everything you do flows from it. Brothers and sisters, I don't know if you've ever had the feeling that you were being robbed. You know, sometimes you get those calls. It's one thing to get a, a call from a marketer. But to get one from a fake marketer, it, it really upsets me. You'll get these Iranian people or whatever they're from, and they assign an American name to themselves. I know your name is not John Wayne. You're calling me from Pakistan or somewhere like that. You're telling me my, uh, my warranty's expired on my car. What kind of car you got? What kind of car do you have? Uh, 89 Yugo. What can you do for me? You know? <laughs> I actually had a Yugo in high school. Anybody else ever have a Yugo? It was so light that you could pick it up, and they would pick it up and put it on the sidewalk. When I come out of school, I hated that car. Only time you get a new car and you ain't bragging about it to nobody. The engine and the spare tire all under the same hood, all under there. So it was so, it had a great jam system in it because the doors were about that thin, you know, so. But this scripture right here, thank you, Nathan, is the doorway to experiencing the Christian life the way the Lord wanted you to experience. But talked about being scammed before because I've been a Christian for a while. I'm almost 50. I can't believe I've lived this long, you know. I gave my life to Christ when I was 25 years old, okay? But it wasn't until seven years ago I realized I was being robbed as a Christian. 
I was being robbed because I did not know that there's something I do on my part. I'm expecting God to do everything for me now. As we sang, Brother Will, beautiful songs, the grace covers me. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus covers me. But there is a connection. It's like your phone. If you don't go home, and, of course, technology nowadays, you can set it right by your phone, right? I think. See, that, 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 I told that story out. That doesn't matter anymore. But unless I make the connection, no charge is going on. See? So I, I exercise my faith, and I've got to do something on my part, and it's right here. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. I believe the Bentleys, you said, are Disney World. Is that where they are? I've taken my family to Disney World twice. I cannot imagine paying that ungodly amount of money just to walk into the magic kingdom. And when you go up the little stairs, there's about 30 rows of benches this way. I can't imagine walking in there and sitting on one of those for nine hours until they close. Can you imagine doing that? No. You sacrifice to be there. So you know what? You want the experience, don't you? I can't imagine sitting there and watching people walk by with smiles on their face, with souvenirs, and those turkey legs that are this big. My daughter said, what do you want to do first, Daddy? I'm like, I want to find one of those. And I'm thankful they had on-the-lot financing because it wasn't a cheap turkey leg. I don't know where they grow them at. But I don't know if you have found this principle yet in your walk with the Lord, but I pray today you do. Because if you're not learning to guard anything, then you're getting robbed. I hate that feeling when I'm getting robbed. I, uh, a few years ago, my wife and I, we lived in Georgia. Um, and one Saturday, I needed to go to Walmart for two items. I just needed two, ink and biscuits, all right? I needed ink for the printer, and I wanted some biscuits for me. Now, I bet some of you can make some homemade biscuits really good, really well, right? Homemade biscuit people. Uh, I love Jack's, but what they're doing right now is blasphemy by putting chocolate on the biscuits. It's absolutely wrong. I love everything else they got, but we'll do the chocolate after we have biscuits and, and some gravy, all right? But I went to Walmart for ink and for biscuits. That's all I needed. So they keep the ink over there in the electronic section, right? So this is a Saturday, and I'm walking through there. And there are a few tables uh, over there in front of the flat screens. And so uh, people are hovering over the tables. And, oh, I see what they're doing. It's the Dish Network people. And they're trying to, you know, fish out for some new customers. And so uh, I see what's happening, but I don't have time for that. So I'm going to walk on past to get my cartridge, go get the biscuits, hit the checkout, and go home. All right? So walk right through there. And one of the dish people looks at me and says, sir, who is your TV provider? I ignored that guy. I just walked right past. That time for you. Felt kind of good. <laughs> Him begging for my attention. I'm like, mm-hmm. so I go on past and I get my ink cartridge. And it, we found gratification in weird ways sometimes, don't we? So I'm going to walk right back through there and ignore him again. It just felt good. I sometimes like to hang up on the marketers when they call me. You catch me in a bad time, you... Jesus, forgive me for what I might say to you. But I walk right past through there, and I get past the first table of dish salespeople, and one of the chicks looks at me and says, oh, roll tide. I got my Bama hat on. Okay, so we're living in Georgia. That's bulldog country. You don't see a lot of Bama people. So I just looked at her. This time I acknowledged her. The one next to her says, I don't think anybody's going to beat Bama this year. And so I stopped and talked. Uh, 
had a few laughs. Everything was going to be fine, right? Just ink and biscuits. That's all I came in here for. I had a hard time convincing my wife of that when I returned home an hour later with a box full of satellite equipment. <laughs> but I had to hurry and get her on board. Look, baby, they got the Hallmark channel. Hallmark. You like Hallmark, right? So all was forgiven and all is well. But I started to replay the whole experience in my mind. How did I go from somebody so dead set against something to being a monthly subscriber? I, uh, I didn't guard my heart very well, did I? And you could probably see where I messed up. I think we're all judging me right now. You should have kept going for the biscuits. The biscuits are always the answer. Stay the course, right? But some kind of prideful thing, my ego rose. I wanted to go back through there, and they got me. They, they, they took advantage of me. Uh, it's not the first pass where we get in trouble. It's usually the second one. It's not the first look, guys. It's the second look where we find ourselves in trouble. The Lord wants to protect you, and he comes through on his end every time. But there's this thing called free will he gives us, right? So that's why Solomon is telling us to guard your heart with all vigilance. Keep your heart. I love that. So there's something about, uh, about that whole thing of guarding. You see, it's a process, as we're going to see in Psalm 1 today. If I guard my heart, I'll guard my counsel. I'll guard my confidence of who my hope is in. And then, church, we guard our commitment when we do those things. Psalm chapter 1, can we look at it really quickly? I know Pastor Joey uh, reads through the ESV version. I love the ESV as well. If you haven't read through the Word of God, I encourage you to do that. When I get through, I go right back, start over, and pick a different translation because sometimes you'll see something that you didn't catch. We're going to get through this fast. Here we go. It says, blessed, everybody say blessed, blessed, yeah, is the man who, or woman, or whoever, who walks not, pick out these postures, walks, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, all right? But his delight is in the law of the Lord on which he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted. Think about that, planted this thing, all right? By streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And I love this, his leaf don't even turn brown. Isn't that beautiful? His leaf does not wither. And in all he does, he prospers. Look at the flip side. You've got two paths in life right here. The blessed life and the cursed life. Look what this is. Without that hope, without that godly counsel, the wicked are not so, but are like the shaft that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. That means they, they have no excuse. They have no argument of even being in the same room. And that's what the next line is. Nor sinners in the congregation. They've got no reason to even be in there with you. Because they are not in that godly, under that umbrella of godly counsel. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. So look at these three postures. Walks, stands, and sits. Blessed is the one that walks in the counsel of God, who seeks the Lord first. He is committed to the Lord. He's moving in faith, trusting in God. And the next line is, nor stands... In the counsel of the wicked, he doesn't stop to hear their opinions. He's not waiting on the latest poll to see what he believes now, all right? He says God is his refuge. He's focused, and he stays the course. And the last one, doesn't sit in the seat 
of the scoffer. So let's rewind to my Walmart experience. What were the two items I went looking for? Ink and biscuits. That should be on the shirt. I need ink and biscuits today. What did the salesperson do to get me to stop? Roll Tide, right? They looked me up and down, right? Saw my hat, and there it was, a subject I might be interested in. I've, had a, I've worked in telemarketing before. I know how this works. Some of y'all are salespeople. You're good at that. Some of you see it's coming a mile away, and you've already got it picked out what you're going to talk about. We're just looking at me, all right? So I, I tell you what. It's not hard. The devil does the very same process. He does the same thing, okay? That's the lure. And just like the salesperson, just like the devil, if he can just get me to stop long enough for a conversation, he's got me. And that's the process, to lure you in with something that's going on right now in your life. Before you get home today, the devil's going to offer you a suggestion about something. Okay, for example, let's go through this. You're serving the Lord. You're active right here at Dearmaville, okay? You're committed, but someday, one day, somebody who's having a bad day says something to you that kind of hurts. But because you're active, all right, you're studying God's Word, you're devoted to Jesus, His church, you've learned something in one of these Bible studies about forgiveness and about freedom. So you're able to move on, right? You forgive, no grudge. You don't lean off of Facebook. You've risen above because you're walking with the Lord. But the devil doesn't give up with one shot, does he? No. He comes back and he whispers something like this. Why did they say that to you? Just a small little question. You give in to it. Why did they say that to me? All of a sudden, that hurt is back. It's even deeper now than it was. It wasn't a big deal, but because we stopped like I did in Walmart, right? I stopped to listen to the conversation. They had me taking home equipment, all right? That's what the devil wants to do today. Maybe you've been lugging around some stuff because you stopped. What happens next when that hurt starts to take deep roots in your heart? Pride steps up. How dare they say that to me, all right? And now we're going in the wrong direction. We're listening to the enemy's counsel. Folks, we've got to be careful who we take our issues to. Can't just call everybody. Somebody gave me a great piece of advice a few years ago. It was your dad, Brother Mike. He said, Kevin, just because someone loves you and cares about you does not always mean they're going to give you the best advice. You had that happen to you? My brother talked me into going into a business with him once, and it cost me dearly. He didn't speak to me for five years. We just ignored each other. But you, you know what? you got to be careful. It's not, God, it's not good. It's counsel you need. It's godly counsel that we got to seek. I have taken a seat in the devil's office before, listening to those words that led me further down a path I never thought I would be. But I praise God for someone who was committed, who was walking with the Lord, not sitting in the, the seat of the enemy, but they were able to come alongside me, led by the Holy Spirit, not afraid to approach me, to simply pull me back onto that, onto that road of living hope, to get me back walking in godly counsel. Please don't fall for that lie that you need to take a break from God, that you need to take a break from church. Don't fall for that. The devil says this is the last place you need to be when things are going wrong. You've heard that before. I just need to be away for a while. Oh, my goodness, don't, don't ever fall for that. The Word of God says this is the only place you need to be because it's right here you're being established through the good and the bad and the ugly, and your faithfulness will grow if you just stay planted. 
What did Jesus say in Matthew 6, 33? Put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He'll take care of everything else. Isn't that what he did for the first church in Acts chapter 2? I mean, they were selling things and paying each other's mortgages off. You know, they just put the Lord first, put his work first, and he took care of them. Because it's not when, or it's not if, but it's when things happen that hurt us. We're all subject to that, right? Somebody may have said something to you already today, and you're dealing with it right now, but you can move past it in the Lord because you're not established in what they think of you, what they say about you. You're establishing what the Lord says about you. So we're guarding our heart, we're guarding our counsel, and we guard our confidence. Look at this in verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, Mm. yields fruit in its season. You know the Lord wants to produce fruit through you that people eat off of? Sometimes it's just your faithfulness of walking in that door. That's all somebody needed to see. To get them through something. Oh, he's here. She's here. All right. I'm telling you, your faithfulness goes a lot further than you think. God's not confounded time, space, or matter, but you and I are. And you can look all throughout the word of God where that, he used that to put people in position at the right place and at the right time. You think about, I was talking about Acts 2 a second ago. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait, right? About seven days later, and this is so brilliant. Jesus is so brilliant, of course. But he knew that seven days later, all these people from the regions would be coming down for this celebration, the Feast of Weeks. So he tells his disciples, be obedient and go to Jerusalem and wait. In seven days, he's going to return through the power of his Holy Spirit and empower them. And because they didn't uproot themselves and go away because they were so sad that Jesus was ascended into heaven, his earthly ministry was over, they obeyed him. That put them in the right position at the right time, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Over 3,000 souls came to faith in Christ that day, laid down their religious routines and their religious attitudes, and the church was born. Could it be, church, that You and I are not seeing the fruit growing on us because we keep moving ourselves out of position. The Lord is so gracious to plant me somewhere. And this is the one time you can actually imagine a tree taking himself by the limbs and uprooting himself, being in the right place at the right time. And all that he does, he prospers. But could it be that we keep missing God because we keep on moving instead of being where he's told you to be, blooming where He has planted you. I'm learning. I told Bud today that I've been going to the School of Hard Knocks for a long time. I'm still a freshman. I'm never going to make it up to the ranks. But I've learned that obedience keeps me in the right place at the right time. I don't want to bail out on God. Don't let offenses send you to the door, especially when it comes to church. This is a hospital, right? We're all growing together. We're all being healed. Stay together, church. We need each other. Look what 4 and 5 and 6, and we're almost finished. The wicked are not so, but are like shaft that the wind drives away. Here today and gone tomorrow. I've had that kind of faith system before. You know, as long as I felt okay, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. I'll, I'll be where you've asked me to be. I can't go on that anymore. That's what the feeling situation and system will do for us. It causes me to miss God. Don't want that. Then the wicked will not stand in judgment. Again, that means they are without defense, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. I mean, unfit to be in that same room. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. That means God charts the roads you take, but the way of the wicked lead to perish. 
Say, Kevin, there's, there was a time when I experienced the blessed life, but then I gave in to the enemy's suggestion. And today I'm sitting here uh, with ungodly counsel, and now I'm kind of stuck. So what do you do about that? Well, first of all, we repent of doing it our way, all right? We say, Father, I'm going to begin the practice of not only listening to your words, you're hearing it today, but what are you going to do with it? I'm going to obey it. And here's the big one that I had to learn. You got to turn off and kick off whatever is in your circle of influence that is not of God. That's guarding your heart. I see you've been studying through Jonah. All right, quiz time. When did the sea become calm? When they threw him overboard, right? That's because some people in your life right now are in total rebellion to God, and guess what? The storm follows them wherever they go. I always think about the captain on that ship. It was a Phoenician ship, right? They have expensive things that they're transporting. They had to throw all that overboard just to save their own lives. Poor guy. What did he say when we got back to the dock? That's because these, these Jonah people, and I've been a Jonah before. Maybe you've been a Jonah before. We take that stuff with us. So have you allowed someone in your life to feed you advice right now? Maybe there's something you've been getting on Facebook and asking advice for. But these people are in total rebellion to God. Folks, you got to throw your friends overboard sometimes. You do it in love while they're flying. Love you, but get right, okay? The storm will stop the moment you get them out of your ear. I believe that with all my heart. The moment they threw Jonah, you got to sometimes get Jonah's off, off your ship. And then you say, Lord, where would you have me serve? Because see, believers are all, we're saved to serve, not saved to sit. So what are you doing for the kingdom? I'm not a trained youth minister at all. I studied journalism in college. I wanted to be a, a news reporter. I used to go around and, and annoy my brother and my sister when they would come out of the room getting a spanking. Hey, how'd that feel? <laughs> I'd come right up to him with a pretend microphone. How'd that feel? Just let me have it. I always wanted to tell the story. And I had to, had to, had to you know, embellish a little bit. But... That's what news is today, right? We don't know how much truth is actually in a story. Uh, thank you. <laughs> but but I, have no, I, I have got no training at all. But you know what? It's not our resume, our skills we need to look at. It's what God's already done. And he's never failed. If he's calling you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do that. I bet when Will was six or seven years old, banging the piano at home, you had no idea. But because he said, whatever. And at some point... He stayed planted, and look what God did. He called him. I love, I love Will. He, we see him every Tuesday over at the staff. Uh, good, great to meet your wife for the first time today. He talks a lot about you. Uh, but there's an acronym. Do we, did I give you all the acronym? Oh, here it is. You ready? Yeah, it's kind of silly, but this is important. FATSO. Faithful, available, teachable, steadfast, obedient. Come on, church, let's be fatsos together. <laughs> we need each other, don't we? Let's don't back away. A few years ago, my wife and I took the kids to the Birmingham Zoo, okay? And so we got around this couple that talked a lot, and they were really loud. The guy was just annoying. And I think they were dating because married people don't talk that way. <laughs> you know, he was trying to impress her with his science and knowledge of nature, which honestly, uh, he didn't know a whole lot about. So... But everywhere we went, we just kept bumping into these people. We get to the zebras. I've always loved the zebras. I just love that pattern. Uh, and so 
We're over there at the zebras. It's almost time to go, and all day long we keep running into these people. So here he comes again, and he's talking to his girl, and he's in this exit. You know, he's talking like, hey, you know what? Uh, and I don't believe he was a, a Christian based on the way he talked because he said, well, the so-called creator, you know, he kind of goofed up, you know, whenever he made this pattern, you know, because you get a zebra out there in the open, you know, a lion will see him five miles down the road, you know, come over and pounce on him. My wife, though, is a school teacher. She's got some book learning. And so I looked at her. All day long, we've kept our mouths shut with this couple. And she can't hold back. And here she goes. And she goes, well, the creator, the wonderful creator that we serve, designed the zebra with that pattern. Because when they stay together, that pattern confuses the enemy. That lion cannot pick out one. It is when one backs away from the fold, that they become prey to the enemy. Folks, that's a great illustration of the church, is it not? Look, look throughout the, the book of Acts 2, throughout that chapter. God designed us, gave us a pattern that we too are strong when we're together. They simply put Jesus first. I love the story. I'm so glad that, that that's in the, in the word of God about what the church is supposed to look like. Because when we back away, I'm in youth ministry like Will. I'm not as young as Will. I don't have cool hair like Will. I used to have the greatest mullet. I'm so proud of the way it used to look. You know, business on top, party in the back, you know. But, but that's a great picture. I'm proud of it on Facebook. I've even doctored it in Photoshop a little bit, a little longer. But, uh, but um, there's one thing that saddens me about youth ministry. I was telling Bud about it today. Um, we'll get some kids in there who have a spiritually injured mom or dad. They're not in church, and they drop them off. And it's almost like we have to, like the notebook, that's the movie The Notebook, we, they forget because they go home and they get deflated from someone, you know, and they're growing, making steps toward Jesus, you know, and it's so sad because they'll get home, and because a mom or a dad has not experienced healing, then they'll be out for several weeks for weekend trips, and we won't see them again. And when we come back, we got to retrain them that we love them. One of the kids actually said to me, her mother is, is not a believer, uh, an atheist, and she said, wait a second. My mom says she loves me, and she tells me there is no God. You say you love me. You tell me there is a God. Who's lying to me? Well, all I can do is say, look, this is what the Word of God says. I'm just, I'm just the mailman. I'm just telling you what's in the letter, okay? Folks, it, it, it's sad, but you keep going. You know, you don't stop because one day that little girl may walk in and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. I believe that's coming one day. She had a lot of obstacles she faces, but don't we all? I mean, while we were yet sinners, what an obstacle. Hmm? Jesus died for us. So I want to just encourage you, guard your heart. You guard your heart, you'll be guarding the counsel that you are involved in. And if there's somebody in your circle of influence right now, turn it off, all right? It may be what you're listening to. I love music. I'm, I'm moved by music. So I got to be real careful with what stirs me, okay, what the, stirs those emotions up. But you guard your heart. You're guarding your counsel. You're guarding who you're putting your confidence in. It's not in people because we hurt people sometimes, right? And then you guard your commitment. So where are you today? Maybe it's time to say, God, plant me, <laughs> replant me because I've taken myself up. I wasn't 
faithful when you called me. And where you played, I didn't even like that place, so I took myself up. God knows exactly what he's doing in you and what he's doing through you. We just got to let him work, all right? But because he loves you, he will let you replant yourself somewhere. I don't want to be like that anymore. That's the school of hard knocks I was talking about. So today, we'll be fatsos, okay? Faithful, available, and you are. I can see you're here. Teachable, teachable. Oh, that's a big one. Sometimes when we come through some stuff, we've got this, right? No, always be teachable. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. Steadfast, staying the course when everybody else quits, but you're also obedient. All right, let's pray. God, you're so good to us, and I thank you for your word that teaches us that we don't need to let ourselves get robbed from the enemy anymore because you've, you've laid it out for us. Guard your heart. And so, Father, I first of all, thank you for Jesus because without Jesus, I have no relationship. I have no hope at all. There is no life experience. There is no blessed life. But because Jesus was faithful, and Lord, today, because of the relationship I have with him, I can just be where you tell me to be and watch what you do because this is all you. It's nothing good in me, as the song says. It's all you. For the one in this room today that's never given their life to Christ, they're not sure that if they were to die today, that heaven would be their home. I pray that they'll not leave because no one knows. Proverbs 27.1 says, don't brag about tomorrow. You don't know. You don't know what tomorrow will bring forth. I pray that that person will come and we'll, we'll pray together. They're ready to receive Christ. Don't, don't think you got to know the whole word and everything. I, all you need to believe is that you are a sinner. You admit that. You believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. You confess then, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, save me. Be my Lord and Savior. The blood that Jesus shed on that cross, he shed for you. If you were the only one that would have needed that, he still would have done that for you. Where are you today? Then, believer, where are you in commitment, your faithfulness? Are you doing what God's told you to do? Or have you let somebody else take your place? God will send somebody else. You'll get robbed of that blessing. Maybe it's time to come to the altar today and say, God, I've been listening to ungodly counsel. I've got people that I don't need to be listening to. I don't need to be asking people for advice. Blessed is the one that just that seeks the Lord. God will tell you what you need to know. You need to go to everybody else, especially if they're not walking with the Lord. Let that go. So we sing a song and come to the altar and pray today if you need to let some things go. Somebody maybe has hurt you. You've been carrying an offense. Don't carry that baggage anymore. Lay that down today and be free in Jesus' name.